0: I have a hard time when things are good.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's like self-sabotage because it feels safer to be in chaos than to feel good. Maybe
0: that's why Destroy the Hairdresser is so intense.
1: Yeah. We're sorry. <laughs> moms
0: We're fault. all in therapy. Don't fault. listen. We're dealing with it.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Sid Charisse. And
0: I'm David Bosher.
1: And you're listening to Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast.
0: Where we teach you to salon differently. Hey everyone, have you heard of Karg Shears? As a cutting specialist, they're now the only shears that I use. Their patent-pending zero-gravity tension system makes cutting easy and effortless. Karg slide technology creates zero drag in the hair, which makes my job 100 times easier. Karg has shears for wet and dry cutting, and shears for all of our lovely lefties. Besides making amazing shears, they provide their clients with supreme white glove service for shear maintenance and repair. Tap the link in our episode description to unlock a permanent 20% off all of your Carg Shear purchases.
1: David, let's talk about the sexiest topic in our industry today. What's that? Business insurance, which is why we have teamed up with Guild, spelled G I L D.
0: Guild Insurance has streamlined the business insurance process by evaluating multiple insurance providers. They find you the partner that you deserve in just minutes.
1: We partnered with Guild because they are shaking up the insurance industry as much as we are shaking up the beauty industry.
0: Guild offers business guidance and resources even after you're fully insured. They're making insurance inclusive and personalized.
1: To learn more about Guild and your business insurance options, visit your Guild
0: Are you still having constant conversations around color waste with your team? Have more proactive conversations with real numbers that can help create less waste. SalonScale software is a pro stylist app that gets your team educated on the real costs of doing business. SalonScale is a great solution for wasting less color and making more profit. Tap the link in the episode description to see why thousands have joined the SalonScale movement. Use code DTH10 at checkout for 10% off.
1: All right. So,
0: if you listen to our last episode, this is a good
1: transition, a
0: good follow up.
1: A good follow up. Okay. So, we in January did serious business, which Mm -hmm. was incredible.
0: We got to speak on the big stage in New Orleans, it
1: was so awesome. And Thanks, Deborah
0: Neal and Carol Augusto. You.
1: We talked about freedoms in salons. And it was a – It was up great. It. Yeah.
0: I think we got – We actually
1: talked about it in another episode. This I think it was in February or January we talked about this. But I want to kind of talk about the, our views on open relationships in the industry. Because this is probably one of the scariest topics for businesses right now.
0: So let's define an open relationship first outside of the salon. Open relationship, people decide we're together, there's a commitment, but we're also able to see other people with proper communication.
1: Mm -hmm. And transparency.
0: And transparency. Um, It doesn't work for everyone, but it works for some people. It does not work for me and said we are not in open relationships. (laughs) I'm married. However... Um, The idea can also go into business, especially with salons and creative fields.
1: This is where I actually think it works the best. In business. In business versus personal relationships. I'm like, oh, that's such a brilliant idea to bring into business. Because, again, in our last episode, we talked about how the baby generations, millennials and Gen Zs, are are really in a space of they want experiences and they want to go to different places and they want to network and they want to work with people that can influence them in their careers.
0: And I think that— that can feel like a lack of loyalty or commitment mm-hmm. to former generations. Yeah. But
1: And I get it.
0: I do too. Yeah. But you can have both. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's what we're trying to teach is same same definition. An open relationship in the salon, which we sometimes call an open door policy, is I work here, but I also can work at other places with proper communication and transparency. So there is a level of commitment. It's just that that loyalty and commitment is more modern than mm-hmm. it was before. You know, Less sacrificing, I think.
1: Yeah. I want to paint a picture. I want Let's imagine. That's what I think Picture of.
0: it. Sicily, 1922. <laughs> For all my Golden Girl all right. fans.
1: So let's say I work at a salon as a color specialist. And I'm working in a salon where… Which you do. Yeah. Where the… Uh, <laughs> Education is very catered towards what I'm specializing in, right? And I'm thriving there. I work Wednesday through Friday, and I have a full clientele, and I'm able to charge what I want, and I'm growing, and all of the above, right? It sounds beautiful. And I decide three years into my color specialization that I would also like to incorporate curls. I want to be a curl specialist. I want to learn how to work with textured hair. Which
0: is basically 2022. Yeah. Or 2020. 2020. It was, it, it was 2020 to 2022 it's, it's an like, incredible movement everybody wants to do curls and, and texture it's good
1: and I decide that I want to do that but the salon that I work at doesn't have a specialist which isn't a bad thing and
0: hasn't happened yet
1: hasn't happened yet but I want to start I want to start learning this so I go to a salon down the street bippity Boop salon
0: mm, that's mine
1: <laughs> bippity Boop salon and they have. Uh, a texture specialist. And so I go and say, listen, I work at this other salon as a color specialist. I work Wednesday through Friday, but I would love to work Tuesdays and learn from you and start to build a more, um, a clientele, a curly clientele. And that right there." is exactly what we're talking about Open Door Policy. It is still working in two different places. Who knows if the color specialist can then bring some color over to the the curl salon? Who knows if we can bring curl education into the color salon? This is how we start to share as a community. And and we have to give more responsibility to our staff to be able to manage the schedule, to be able to handle this responsibility, and to communicate as salon owners that you can share an employee.
0: Can you turn my voice into the devil's voice for this? <laughs> salon owners are thinking, what about the clients? <laughs> That's what I, Client retention, client communication. What if they steal all my clients? <laughs> <laughs> that is what every salon owner is thinking, mm-hmm. which is, well, what if they take all my clients and so they go to the other salon and Okay then you're not ready for an open relationship.
1: Yeah. And that's okay, but we want to dabble in this idea. We have a salon in Richmond, Virginia, who's a future-proof student, and they actually hired a, another former student, and that former student actually owns their own studio suite. They, so student A owns a salon with about six uh, stylists, and student B owns a... Uh, a smaller salon. I think they have a staff of one or two. Mm -hmm. And this student B wanted to go learn from student A. So they went and worked as a stylist. So I want you to imagine that this salon owner went and worked as an employee for another salon while having their own salon, while having their own clientele in their own salon, and also had a clientele in a different salon. And it worked beautifully.
0: Because there was transparency and communication and there was an understanding of what was going on. No one was thinking, well, what if they take my clients? Well, what if they steal from me? If you have that mentality going into something, probably not the right person to go into this with. So this isn't for everyone. Not everyone's going to do this. Mm -hmm. But it is for people that want to be future-proof.
1: It's also incredibly insulting to say these are my clients. Like As a client, I'd be like, "I, I value you. I come to you, but you don't own me.
0: Yeah, it's a really weird yeah. thing that we
1: – Maybe that's
0: – That's the real problem
1: mm-hmm. is like – They're not the salon's clients. They're not even the staff's clients.
0: There are like seven plus billion people on the planet. <laughs> We're all – there's enough.
1: Yeah. What's great too is I have uh, – I I go to New York every six weeks to do my blonding clients. Um, and not everyone's going to work on my schedule. Like I'm literally here to the right. day – every six weeks and I get that and they will I
0: live in New York and not everyone
1: gets <laughs> exactly <my schedule. laughs> so I fly in to do my clients and, and I fly out that's why we're able to do this podcast because I can hang out with you in here in the city mm-hmm. but what's really cool about it is they will say oh I can't be with you this time do you have a recommendation and I have a few people that I recommend them to and then when I come back uh, they still book with me and I think that's awesome because I also know there's a chance that they might fall in love with the other person and it's more convenient But to have that yeah, exactly. And to have that space to be like, Okay, well I'm gonna see David this time and I'll see you in six weeks is so convenient for the client too to have people that are recommended trust and communicating about them and their needs. That's what's so powerful.
0: We are thrilled to announce our partnership with Salon Interactive. Finally, a company that is helping put the power of retailing back into the hands of salon owners and hairdressers.
1: No more stocking retail shelves with thousands of dollars worth of product that are just collecting dust. Salon Interactive allows you to sell entirely online directly to your clients. And the best part is you get to take home a large commission.
0: We know that the world of e-commerce can be scary and confusing, and that's why we love Salon Interactive. It's a free tool that allows you to sell the professional products you want from the brands that you love without having to spend a dime. Visit saloninteractive.com DTH to get started.
1: Let me ask you a question. What's your favorite booking software?
0: I'm glad you asked. Gloss Genius. Have you ever heard of them? Yes. I love them. You and I both know that marketing is very important, but also very hard to do. Gloss Genius has made it easy with text and email marketing directly to your clients.
1: We're excited to share with our DTH listeners. You'll get the first month free on us as well as your very own stunning credit card reader. Usually $80. To sign up, head to the App Store and download Gloss Genius and enter the code DESTROY.
0: See you there. You're kind of creating like a network of clients, a network of stylists. And so everyone's feeding each other as opposed to, this is what really happens. These are my clients. And then that relationship goes crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I've been with you for 10 years. Like, I want to go somewhere else. Yeah. And let's be real. Millennials are like, okay, you've been doing my hair for like two years. I want to see somebody else. So if we open up these relationships, we actually can prolong our times together with people.
1: I actually love that the salons were the clients. And I feel like... If What I'm about to say, I feel like a lot of people can relate to it because we've all worked in a salon like this or experienced this moment. And this is actually the start of what we're trying to say. We're just trying to create it on a more um, citywide level or community Mm -hmm. level, right? Like within a five-mile radius. But a lot of – I love the salons where the client sees everyone. Mm -hmm. They have that Mary. Everyone does Mary's hair. Mary. And it's like – that's so cool because it's it's what Mary needs. Mary has created loyalty to the business, not right. necessarily the stylist. And you know, if
0: you can get that as a salon owner, yeah, you've won the, the because open now Mary relationship can game. be
1: like, "Hey, I trust every person in this space." Now, because I, know, I
0: trust the business
1: exactly, and so now it's like,
0: but you also have people that go and they only trust Sid mm-hmm. at Bippity Boop, yeah, and that can Bippity be about pro- Bippity, Bippity, Bippity Boop.
1: Maybe that's the second location.
0: Um, but they only they only trust Sid and they actually don't trust the salon mm-hmm. which is on the salon owner to fix exactly so you've got to look at what people are falling in love with and I by wanna, the way it's never product yeah so it's <laughs> a whole different so like
1: n- uh, next just episode cause,
0: just cause you're Carrying a certain product is not, please stop acting like that's going to get people to fall in love with you.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it could be a win-win. It could be a win that Mary wants to see everyone. It could also be a win that Mary goes to a specialized person in the salon. So either way, it could be a win. I don't want you to think out there, salon owners, like, oh, we have to share all our clients. No, but the option is there. And that's where we've taken away the option and the right of the client.
0: And the, the animosity of that happening is gone. Mm-hmm. I remember working this a lot in Brooklyn and like, if you talk to someone else's client,
1: you were like shunned. We sit there and go, clients come first, client communication, client care. We sit there and say this lie, right? <laughs> Yet the first thing we do is shun a client for going to someone else yep. when we're not available. I love how every, hair,
0: every hairdresser in the world... Always has the same remark when someone goes somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Like, told you, shouldn't have gone somewhere else. Yeah. I'm like, is that true every time? Is that
1: true? Why don't we have more control over that?
0: <laughs> and by the way, you're only seeing the people that came back. Who left you and they, it was the right thing It was thing a great,
1: to do. <laughs> yeah. Ask yourself that. But that's my point is – how cool would it be to be like, "Hey, Mary, I'm not available Saturday, but you know i I would love for you to see this round so and so because they are um they specialize in the same thing I do, and I think, and then I'll see you in my next round. Client care is caring about someone else, it's removing yourself from the equation when yeah. we sit there and and we turn it back to us and we're selfish about it, like oh, you can't see other people." That's where it, it really isn't about the client anymore. It's about me in my pocket.
0: That's monogamy, which is what we're not talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and if you have a client who's not comfortable with that, then and you want to start opening yourself up in this way, then you need to you know, ask yourself, are you willing to have these tough yeah. – like, is Mary addicted to you? Exactly,
1: because that that's where it can go wrong, too, is Mary. Poor Mary. If you're a Mary out there, it was just a name that came up. <laughs> no offense. But if Mary – This reminds is like, me of a
0: client I had to Mary Pat.
1: If Mary, if, if Mary wants to be with you and is getting upset with you because you can't work around her schedule. Well, now you
0: need couples therapy. Yeah,
1: now these are boundaries <laughs> that have been broken and not respected. And so that's where it has to be like, I, we all love the clients like, I'll come in whenever you say. Okay, I love that. I'm working these times and if you can fit it, awesome. But. When it becomes kind of toxic, where they're like, "Well, I need you to be here. Can't you just work on your day off?" No, that you is such a that is
0: also a generational thing. Mm-hmm. Gen X is more like, "I've been coming to you for twenty years, and I need you to come in on Sunday to do my hair."
1: Yeah,
0: and then you have millennials who are like, "They're just glad to be in the room." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, they're just glad that you had an available spot. Yeah, and you know, like, there's just a different mentality of how we treat hairdressers, which is why if you see on our Instagram, we're always talking about. How hairdressers are not service providers. And that's when you get into the service provider realm, that's when it's like that's what's bend over backwards.
1: That's what's toxic movement. It's not the commission salon's fault, it's yeah. the behaviors, it's the lack of boundaries, it's the lack of communication. It's you are the-
0: commissioning me to do the work that I do.
1: Yeah. Actually, I had a client last night that it was her wedding. Um, I come in every six weeks, so my schedule hasn't really lined up with hers for the past couple months. She still communicates with me on Instagram. She's been seeing someone else, and I love it because she's taken care of, and she still comments on me and is like, oh, I can't wait to see you. I know we can make this work one day because she misses our relationship. Right. But I'm—and she loves the way I do her hair, but she also is is satisfied with this other person, and so she messaged me, and she's like, listen, I'm getting married, and I know I didn't book with you, but if you have anything—and I was like, unfortunately, I'm—I'm I'm packed. And I text her last minute and I was like, listen, I had a cancellation. Do you want it? And she canceled her whole day to come (laughs) get with me. But that's my point. Could she have gone to the other person? Yeah. Yeah. And she would have. But she had an opportunity to have an experience with me. And I think that's great.
0: There are so many salons that operate this way, what you're describing. Mm -hmm. And it's because there's a large level of emotional intelligence within the business. And there's also a large
1: level of lack of emotional
0: intelligence. Well, I'm saying the way that you're describing it. It's like people are just appreciative to be able to get into the salon. Mm -hmm. They like the people there. It's not about who's doing what. It's just like, I like being here. That is a large level of emotional intelligence on the client's part and on the business side. But once it turns into who's available, why can't so-and-so come in on their day off? Why are you taking my client? Once that starts happening, like, I hate, from a coaching perspective, like, it's kind of already, it's fucked. Let us introduce you to one of our favorite product companies, Reverie. Reverie is hair care for all humans, no matter your hair type. Their clean and innovative formulas nurture the integrity of your hair for unrivaled results. Reverie is made intentionally in California. Their mindfully sourced vegan ingredients and environmentally friendly packaging showcases their commitment to creating alchemy in a bottle. Reverie was created in 2011 by Garrett Markinson and continues to be a family-owned and operated business to this day. Tap the link in the episode description to get connected with our friends over at Reverie.
1: Listen, pandemic <laughs> killed the four to six week <laughs> pre-booking method.
0: Yeah, it was red. We had already been talking about pre-booking dying out before the pandemic, and then the pandemic happened, and I was like... Yeah. Pre-booking doesn't exist, y'all.
1: It doesn't for the younger generations because... Nope. The world is so uncertain. We can't see pre- see what we're going to be doing or what if we're going to get sick. Or You
0: know how companies are like, if you pre-book your clients, you have like a 35% chance of them coming back, whatever. I'm the opposite. I think all millennials are. If you pre-book my appointment, there is a 75% chance I'm going to cancel it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a higher rate of me not coming mm-hmm. than if I were just to call when I'm ready. So pre-booking is… A dangerous game. Now, if you're someone like Sid who's like, I come in every six weeks and you gotta get in there, that's a different thing.
1: Yeah, and that's what I want to talk about. Pre-booking actually works to the benefit of someone that is so in demand.
0: And if you have a cancellation policy.
1: Yes. So again, I did have someone cancel and they were charged and mm-hmm. they understood and I was able to refill that space. So it was it was great. Uh but
0: And there's a that's a boundary and a respect, and now there's no like That is all emotional intelligence. Being able to balance that.
1: Well, that's the point of of the whole idea. Is like, why why are we trying to just trap people? Like, that's what I think. This whole the because
0: we were trapped. Yeah. Someone trapped us, and as much as we hated it, we're like, that's all I know.
1: Yeah. So I'm gonna. It's like when you. It's abuse. Thrive in chaos. You create that. It's an abusive cycle. um, I read about this the <laughs> other day, like when children who, who were around chaotic environments.
0: My hand is raised.
1: They, yeah, they will create, I mean, I think most of us. My hand is raised. Child trauma. <laughs> and we will create that trauma when things are good because mm-hmm. it actually feels safe.
0: I have a hard time when things are good. Mm-hmm. I've told you this.
1: So it's like self-sabotage because it feels safer to be in chaos than to feel good. I mean,
0: that's why destroy the hairdresser is so intense.
1: Yeah. We're, sorry.
0: moms. <laughs> We're home. all in therapy. Don't go. listen. We're dealing with it.
1: <laughs> well, to, you know, to go back to the pre-booking um, idea, pre-book only really works if that person is demand. For example, I have someone that I get my brows done with. She is so in demand that if I don't pre-book, I don't get to see her. Yep. Because I last-minute appointments won't happen. And because of that, I valued that appointment so much that I'm actually devastated when I have to cancel it, which does happen sometimes. But that's where it actually works and thrives, but you also need to have a cancellation policy and a wait list, Um, but that's a whole nother.
0: I remember like growing up and really early in the salon, it was like if someone calls for an appointment, you give them three available spots, but you don't tell them that your whole day is open. Yeah. The funny thing now is I kind of, Disagree with all that. Mm-hmm. It's like I would rather hear like we're open whatever time you need. Mm-hmm. It doesn't it, as a cons, and as a consumer, I'm not thinking oh well you're slow what the fuck yeah I'm thinking oh great I don't have to like because if it gets too complicated I just give up same so and now so if someone's like they're open all day that's in the in the then noon, I have
1: free will then I'm like oh well you know noon would be a great time for me let me
0: exactly ask. and so I think is this level of like well I don't want them to know that no one's in my book. It's like we're over that. Like we're over that life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And I think, you know, new people, I, I don't think it's smart for new people to pre book all their clients. Yeah. I think it's smart to be open. Because if you pre book all these millennials and then they all have anxiety about their pre book, which they do, and they cancel their pre book, now you're fucked twice because you just took up all that space so yeah. you couldn't put people in. So I think new people should definitely
1: it doesn't mean be you have open to ban pre booking, but you have to give the client the right. Like, my some of my clients don't want to pre-book, and they take that risk. And, and some by the of way, as
0: a hairdresser, I don't want my clients to pre-book.
1: Well, also, and there's I think so I- much pressure on pre-booking in salons. So the stylist is like, you have to pre-book. You're next, too. And that's great <laughs> for the people that want to pre-book and have very demanding schedules. But some people, especially millennials and Gen Z, don't always live by their calendar depending on their careers. We do. Barely. But not everyone does.
0: <laughs> Sid does. Yeah. And then reminds me. Exactly. Because I don't live on my ca- – like, it's on my calendar, but it's not
1: – Where I live by my calendar. Sid,
0: like, looks at the calendar, like, that's what she does today. I have everything booked, and then I'm like, I need to go do this thing, and then I get lost. However, I think that the most important thing to understand is that giving people the freedom to come and go, whether yes. it's stylists mm-hmm. or it's clients – Is a better way to build loyalty, even though it feels like it's a lack of loyalty.
1: It feels like a lack of control, but you actually have more control in your business. As a
0: hairdresser. Because you're not
1: micromanaging everything.
0: As a hairdresser, I've actually, so I don't have a cancellation policy and Sid does. Sid is more by the calendar, by the book. I am someone who's not. So I tell my clients, like, listen, I can... Book you for that time, Mm -hmm. but I may have to cancel. Yeah. It's not just like clients may have to cancel, sometimes a stylist has to cancel. Yeah. So I have the, and I cancel a lot because I have other things that come up with DTH or with other clients. And if something takes precedent, I've already told my clients, like, this is my lifestyle. This is the way I run my business. And so there's no cancellation policy. Mm -hmm. So so that means both of us can cancel each other, Mm -hmm. but also there's no guarantee that nothing, anything's happening. Yeah. And that works for me because of my lifestyle, but also. I've also said to them, listen, if this, if this doesn't work for you, like, I can refer you to other people where it is more yeah, consistent. That
1: is the whole point of having freedom right? and having this kind of open door policy. Like, right. you know, like, that's, that's the idea. Like, I
0: love that you want to come see me, but it, this month I can't do it. But I mm-hmm. can refer you to someone. I've had people that will say, yeah, send me whoever you think. They trust me, mm-hmm. right, to give them a good referral. Or they'll say, no, no, like, let's try next month. Like, they just want to. You know, I and I cut, clients. so it's a it's different yeah. than color.
1: I still have clients that I haven't seen since I moved um, to Chicago, because again, I'm only doing hair in New York, and they still will be like, "Hey, I I really want to do this." They'll show me what they want. Who do you recommend? Mm-hmm. So they're still coming to me, even though they're not coming to me for um, an actual service. Talk about loyalty in in um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like. They, they respect me
0: they respect your network too
1: yeah and they respect my advice and that right there is a loyalty that I think that our industry has kind of forgotten about yeah of we've put it so money focused that it's like we've forgotten how powerful our words can be and our recommendations can be so I love that like they just my schedule and their schedule didn't work it wasn't a personal thing it's just they want to go do something else that's okay
0: yeah if you love someone let them go <laughs>
1: It's relationships one on one, people. The more you smother someone, the more they're gonna want to leave you. (laughs) Clients or staff or even salon owners don't don't try to smother your salon owner.
0: Sid tried to smother me when we first met, Mm -hmm. and I said, "Get away from me."
1: That never happened. (laughs) Get away from me. Get away from me. We have a thriving business. I didn't go anywhere.
0: (laughs) That's why she moved to Chicago. I was like, "Get out of the (laughs) yard!"
1: Oh my goodness. So, I mean, I think that's the Start asking yourself, where can I give more freedoms? Where can I have this open-door policy? Where can I allow my clients and team to work other places or see other people?
0: We know that when you listen to our podcast, you can't just go back to work and go, okay, I'm going to do all these things. Mm -hmm. Like, our job is to get you thinking.
1: Yeah, we're planning seats. That's
0: the first thing. And the second thing is, you know, take some of our education. Take some – come to some of our clubhouses. Talk to us live. Talk to students, yeah. Talk to other students. Join the community. Get a coach. Like – all of these all these free things that we give you, they're big topics that we know are not easy to go and implement yourself. But we have to keep talking about them. We have to start thinking differently because to younger people, this is what's going to be normal.
1: That's what this podcast is. It's when we talk about critical thinking, it's asking questions. So we, as millennials, are questioning everything we've ever learned in industry. And answering. And answering. <laughs> and, answering. and I think that's the thing, too. Someone might question, like, ours and then we have to come up with a new answer and I think that's yeah. the whole point of everything is is constantly shifting someone asked me recently it was like oh well I've been following you for five years and you don't coach to the same things that you did back then of course I not. hope not our industry has completely changed so we're changing and evolving constantly I mean
0: I think people assume like all their other training experiences like well this is how this coaching program does it and this is how this coach it's like ours is more flexible and relationship oriented mm-hmm. We're the only company that has one-on-one coaching the way that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're the only company that focuses on the relational part of coaching. Um, and I think that that's what people have a hard time with. They're like, but what do you guys think I should do here? It's like, it's not really how it works. Like, we need to talk we about have a it. template. And what we do you need- want to do? Yeah. Th- there are foundational things that we believe should happen. But in 10 years from now, if those don't work, better believe we'll change them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that's what we're willing to do that other people might not be willing to do. I
1: mean, I think that's where people have to start thinking in their business. You should want your business to be completely different within a year. Yeah. And you need a team that's on board for that growth. And
0: you need a team that is somewhat fluctuating. Mm -hmm. People do need to leave. People are going to leave. And you need to always be hiring and bringing on new people. And like salons should be kind of flowing. But not like, okay, I have my perfect team, and I'm going to keep them here forever until we all die. Yeah, that's what it feels like sometimes. Will
1: die, very quick.
0: My stomach is rumbling. I think it's time to end. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everyone. Next time on Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast.
1: Well, that's my point. Is like we have to start asking. How is this company going to shift and change? Because Gen Z is not going to handle it. They're not having it. They're not freaking having it. Like, they want to be a part of things that are going to affect global change. When there is a blockage and an inability to change, that's when we have to start asking, like, the industry is changing every day. Like, are you getting on board or are you not?